Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Vox Tablet. It's me, Sarah Ivry, your host. Today, Pupa Dweck unveils the secret to Syrian Jewish cooking. Pupa Dweck is the poster woman for Syrian Jewish cooking. Her cookbook, Aromas of Aleppo, won a National Jewish Book Award. She gives lectures, does cooking demonstrations on television. She's even got her own line of condiments featuring such things as quince orange blossom confit. But if you really want to see Dweck in her element, you go to New Jersey to visit her in her kitchen at home when she's got her sleeves up and is elbow deep once or twice a year in soaking tamarind. That's what Emma Morgenstern did. Here's what she found. I'm with Poopa Dweck in her kitchen in Deal, New Jersey. She's opened a window and we can hear the birds chirping, which somehow completes the picture of this place. The nickname Poopa comes from the French word for doll, and Dweck lives in a dollhouse. Circular driveway, a teapot collection, and that kitchen. The range hood alone would make any home cook swoon. Dweck is a woman of many talents. I cook and write. I consider myself today a little bit of a historian. Seven years ago, she published Aromas of Aleppo, which is pretty much the Bible of Syrian Jewish cooking. It's thick with Arabic words like ma'amul and stunning photos of semolina cookies, olives, and Dweck's family. My sister got me the book when I started dating a Syrian Jewish guy from South Brooklyn. Roughly 75,000 Syrian Jews live in Brooklyn, with another few hundred out here in Deal, New Jersey. They're an extremely tight-knit Orthodox community, though over the years they've absorbed Egyptians, Lebanese, and the occasional Ashkenazi or Persian. Dweck's beautiful book reflects the decadence of a Syrian Shabbat. The first time I experienced it for myself, I thought the maza or appetizers were the whole meal. Salads, tahina, meat pizzas, barekas, fried chicken, chopped avocado— And then came the main course. We had meat-stuffed grape leaves, roast chicken, green beans, a lemony soup called hamid. You get the idea. For all its variation in volume, there is one ingredient that really ties these dishes together. Tamarindi! (laughs) Tamarindi is the Arabic word for the tamarind fruit, which Dweck is showing me in her kitchen. When it's um, right off the tree, you could see this hard pod, and then when I break it open you see this date-like meat. In Arabic, tamarindi means Indian date. The fruit is native to tropical Africa, but most people think it comes from India because it was brought there so long ago and because Indian cuisine uses it so liberally. In the 7th century, Aleppo became a key stop on the Silk Road. It was at the intersection of the Damascus and Indian trade routes. With the camel caravans coming through at the end of the Silk Road, Aleppo was known for its largest souks, its largest khans, which were the warehouses. Aleppo was also a hub of fine cuisine, based on the fresh ingredients passing through. One of those ingredients was the tamarind fruit. But for some reason... The rest of the Middle East did not bring tamarind into their cuisine in the same way that Aleppo did. And ut, that's how it's pronounced in Arabic, we call it... Uh, the sour secret of Syrian cooking. Oot, or tamarind concentrate, is used in every savory dish you can think of. 
The sauce for stuffed grape leaves served hot. The lahamagine or meat pies served as maza. But to get from those hard pods to the oot takes a lot of work. I asked Dweck to take me through the process. She shows me both the fresh tamarind pods and a pre-packed brick of the shelled fruit. You'll see threads and pits and different elements that we make sure to get just the actual taste of it. So what happens is that we pull it apart and it's soaked in water overnight or for about six hours. This is the soaked tamarind. What a, and it doesn't really look so good. <laughs> it doesn't look very appetizing. I have to agree. Right now it's just a brown mush. I'm used to it and I think it looks beautiful. So uh, what happens is when it's soaked, then what we do is we continue to pull it apart. She separates the fibrous strands and clumps. You want to make sure that it's separated as much as you could possibly get it separated. She places a colander inside a glass bowl, lines it with cheesecloth, and pours in the soaked tamarind. She gathers the cloth into a bundle in both hands. And then we're going to be pressing until we could get the, the juice that is coming out of it. So you're going to keep squeezing this straining step takes a lot of muscle. She's squeezing three pounds of soaked tamarind meat and a measly few drops trickle out. She does it again and again over the course of several hours. Once she's gotten all the juice she can muster, she adds... Sour salt, fresh lemon juice, and sugar. And then it gets cooked down. And what I like to say is that you need to visit with it and stay with it. You can't just put it up and leave the house. You know, it's, it's your day. When finished, the chocolate brown oot has a velvety texture. And actually, Emma, I'd like you to taste the tamarind. Mm, that is good. When it's prepared properly, it should be like lip-smackingly. You're supposed to go like that. If you don't go like that, too much sugar and not enough tamarind. In Dweck's world, every food is tied to a season. This is something she learned from her mother, who came from Aleppo. Cooking and enjoying food on a seasonal basis was very important to her. If I dared even mention watermelon in the wintertime, she would have a fit. This seasonal view of food extends to cooking, too. Making oot is no exception. The custom is right before Passover, uh, the women prepare between 30 and 40 pounds of tamarind. And that's there for the year. And then some women will say, oh, I'm using my last of my tamarind. Pesach is coming. And then they make another batch. You can find oot in kosher markets in New York, New Jersey, and Miami. But Dweck is quick to note that the homemade version is far superior. In fact, she's become something of an oot ambassador. I was invited by a community men member to go to China. He told her the Syrian businessmen who traveled to China or live there missed the flavors of home. He said, Pupa, please, will you please go to China? I said, of course I would come. I just need two first-class tickets, and I'll be on my way. So before I knew it, my duffel bags were filled with spices and ingredients, and I was on my way. When she and her husband visited the Great Wall, they happened upon a produce market. All of a sudden, I see these pods tables of them. 
I, I said, oh, my husband was got like a little frightened. He said, Poop, are you okay? Was the altitude too much? I said, no, look, look. He said, what? I said, look, fresh tamarind pods. And here, I would make them crack them open. The women have beautiful photographs. They would crack them open and show me how fresh the date-like texture was of the meat. They filled bags with the brown pods and brought them back to the kosher chef at the hotel. She walked him through the process of making oot. And I said, okay, you are now the captain of kosher tamarind or concentrate in China. That means a lot to Dweck, bringing traditional Syrian food to people around the world. It's not just that those tamarind-laden dishes are rich and delicious. When she tastes the tangy tamarind, it feels like home. It feels like uh, it reassures me of where I came from. It really does. Since my sister first got me that cookbook, I've enjoyed many Syrian Shabbats with my boyfriend's family. Oot is starting to feel like home for me, too. For Vox Tablet, I'm Emma Morgenstern. Emma Morgenstern is an independent radio producer. She's based in the Boston area. Pupa Dweck is the author of the cookbook Aromas of Aleppo, The Legendary Cuisine of Syrian Jews. It's published by HarperCollins. For more information or to try out a recipe from her book, visit our website, tabletmag.com. While you're there, why not check out Vox Tablet's vast and entertaining archive? We've got something for everyone from last week's conversation about Freud with psychoanalyst Adam Phillips to an interview with two smart and feisty student leaders about the future of European Jewry. Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm Sarah Ivry. We're so grateful to have you as a listener, and we hope you'll come back next week.